God, by your grace, I want my last lap to be as strong as my first lap. Galatians 6, 9 says this, Paul's writing to the Christ followers in the region of Galatia. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Yeah, that's right. So it's not how well you start, but how well you finish that counts. Does that have any bearing in psychology? Oh, it has a lot. It's called resiliency. They study it under that, you know, to be resilient, be able to bounce back. Look, I've had that thought before because I saw I've seen it in my own life and others is that um, I, I never really fail and unless the only way to fail is to quit. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology. Or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Marty, I am so grateful for the Patreons that we have. I know, man, it's wonderful. So like, we've doubled in size of the, of the podcast and we've had some loyal patrons and um, we want to say thank you very much. Yeah. If you want to join a, our little band, you go to patreon.com and type in the shepherd and the shrink. Yes. And then um, you can see we have some cool merch and uh, there's some videos. If you'd like to see what, want to see what we look like, you may re regret that. You may but... regret that right away. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see it. <laughs> exactly. You're all about the merch and the bling. I know. It's all about that bling. That's right. So look, we're going to talk about something that's very, very serious. Mm -hmm. This is part two of an episode as well. Yeah. And the culture wars and, and what we're seeing in there, because, um, and, and um, we're going to talk about arrogance or pride and um, your guy, C.S. Lewis called pride, the great sin. Okay. He called it the great sin. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. Mm -hmm. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Man, that's some heavy stuff, Matt. That's crazy. It's a root of all of the other sins, you know, and so it, it's, you know, we want to define it. It's an attitude of self-sufficiency, you know, mm. self-importance, um, self-exaltation in relation to God. Toward others is an attitude of contempt and indifference. Seeing that at all in the culture wars, Matt? Oh, my gosh. Contempt yeah. and indifference towards others and, and their opinions and their beliefs and their values. Including in the church world. It's everywhere. It's in humans, right? So wherever humans go, this is, and, th and this is my sin, right? This is the one because it's so hard to see in me sometimes because I thought, you know, I got most of it taken care of, you know, I'm not thinking too high of myself. And then it's, it's right where I am not looking. It does cause all the other sins. It's wicked because it's so subtle. It is. We, we, but, but I want people to know how dangerous it is because we get caught up in it daily. I, I, I know that other people are struggling with it equally, you know, some people more than others, let's say, but still, when have, when have I seen a saint, a real saint? Now I see people who are closer to it than others, but where, where do we see that? We don't, we're, we're very um, proud, arrogant culture right now, very self-centered. Mm -hmm. We almost lift that up. As a virtue. Oh, are you kidding me? We do listen to some of the music. It's just a, it's a brag um, about how the, the individual's greatness. Yeah. You know, and, but it's, but like I said, you know, we're looking at the culture wars and it's really showing up. You'll see it online all the time. Maybe you've done it. 
who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, even if I don't comment back on something, just where my mind goes. Yeah, that's where it starts, doesn't it? Right? Always. Yeah, I'll, I'll feel a little guilty about that. Just having the thought like I, I don't act on it because I'm, you know, I want to be decent <laughs> to people, but I don't like the impulse to do it. Right. You know, that bothers me. So before before we, we get into it, because you got a really cool story to, to demonstrate that because it's so hard to see, I wanted to like make a list of where it might be where you're not looking. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know? What do you got? Okay, so so one thing and you can comment on, on each of these. Okay. Fault finding in others. So in other words, look, I've got my hands full with my own sin and my own spiritual development, mm-hmm. my own shortcomings. If I've got time for someone else is um, th- that might be a sign of, of pride. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's just great to deflect off yeah. of my own. When I'm in trouble, first thing I want to do is blame somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that takes away the um, state of mind that Christ wants us to have. The one, one of, of tolerance and patience and humility. Do you know how you spell blame? Tell it. Be lame. Be lame. Because <laughs> you'd be lame when you do that. Okay, a punitive attitude towards others. That entire, you know, so a desire, a wish to uh, punish someone for um, a, a statement that they've made or a belief that they have. That's another sign of the pride within us when we feel that. And I see that in the body of Christ as well. It's uh, everywhere people are, right? Everywhere humans are, um, none of us are perfect. Um, superficial concern for others' approval, right? Virtue signaling, for instance. You know, I'm going to say something that I think is going to get me some attention and uh, what a good guy Marty is. Right. And a few likes on my page. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, yay me. Um, defensiveness. Okay. And this is my weakness right? because 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 of my upbringing, my childhood, I'm sensitive mm-hmm. to other people's beyond what I need to be, you know. But the, but pride is at the heart of it, really. You know, I'm I'm, I'm to bear an insult and um, critique with still having regard for the other person. You know, there's a saint called Saint Nictorius. He's a modern saint, and um, I was listening to a story on his life he was being berated by a bishop because there was, he was wrongly accused of something. And what he did was he stood and he just prayed while that was happening. He didn't have that defensiveness in him. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. To be truly open to somebody who has something to say about you or what you've done or where you're headed. I think it is one of God's best gifts that he's given me from time to time. I was just going to say that I've seen that in you. In, in, in ways that I'm like, oh, I don't think I could do that. Um, you seem to be sensitive because look, you get a lot of um, feedback, let's say, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and, and criticism and not all of it is, is probably intended to be hel- helpful. It was to, to let you know you did something wrong. Right, um, right. And I've seen you bear that with grace. So you're a good model for me to look at. Well, I need it. Hmm. What's going to help me more, you know? Uh, no, no, yours is the best way. Because it's the way that Christ says, no doubt about that. Attention seeking. So you'll see that when someone monopolizes. You've seen Bible. I've seen it in Bible studies, man, where somebody's just, they're pontificating, right? They know. Um, their interpretation of these um, scriptures are, um, so, so that's an example of that. So, you know, wh- why do I want attention? Oh, because it feeds me. It elevates me. That's, that's probably when our attention is supposed to go where? To others. You know, be curious about other people. Edify them. That's one of the best things about being married to my wife is, is I'll come in and I'll start talking and she'll say, hi, honey, how was your day? 
when I'm just spewing on about my day. Attention oh. <laughs> seeking is one of my go-tos in my versions of arrogance or pride. Because oh, we compliment each other because I don't really like attention. So you got what I want and maybe I have a little bit of what <laughs> I, you want. <laughs> I know. I, I, it's bizarre, but something good happens and you want to share about it. But it can also turn into attention. And then the last one I had was um, pride could cause us to be neglectful of the least among us. And you see that with the in-group, out-group who you want to associate with. Can I give my time to that? So, you know, can't hang, I can't hang with those liberals. Um, I can't hang with those uh, conservatives. Okay. I'm going to confess. I've done some of that. It wasn't my goal, but I've seen, you know, it's hard to be around people that, um, you know, sometimes are, are going to have really charged. Right. Views. Read that one again. That's that one hits me hard. Neglect for the least among us, mm-hmm. right? And that's sort of that you know, um, th- and that, that I really see that within the um, culture wars within the political divide that it doesn't. It seems that the left can't talk to the right anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, one interesting thing though is um, that encouraged me is out of all the social media posts I've ever done, I posted a um, study that showed that eighty five percent of us are just sick of this stuff. We just want people to get along. We don't care if there's a D or an R in their name. Just we want them to do the job. And we want to focus on our communities and whatever. 85% of us were what they call it, the something like the exhausted majority. Exhausted or like that. majority. And oh my yeah. gosh, did I get shares and likes on that study? I mean, people I remember that. Right. So mm-hmm. so you know, maybe one lesson from this is like maybe the bigger group isn't the ones that are being the the noisiest. You know, that's really encouraging because we hear so much from the five to 10% on one side Mm -hmm. and the five to 10% on the other side who aren't tired of the division and aren't tired of posting and posting. posting. Not just not tired. They want to kick up some dust. Yes. Right. To keep it going. Yep. You know, but, and, and our brains just tend to generalize what we see so we can navigate around the world. It's chaotic. So it's, it's easy to fall into um, the false belief that, oh, because I'm seeing it, it must mean that it's everywhere. You know, I, I, I still believe that most people just want to be decent. They want to be tolerant of other people. Um, I know this because in my profession, they tell me everything. Right. They tell me everything. And I've not seen people who hate certain groups too much. A few, but, the, but that's usually ginned up by the media. Yeah. Get, you know, they think that that's reality. So they get alarmed and aggressive. Or a few, um, mostly the ones that watch cable news or spend a lot of time doom scrolling online, you know. Doom scrolling. It's a great word. So anyway, that's what I got. Right. No, that's a great list. Run through just the titles of you might have pride or arrogance going on in your life. That sounds like, what's that comedian? You might be a redneck if if you, uh, you might have pride. Yeah. 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 Okay. um, Fault finding in others. Okay. Evidence of pride, Uh, punitive attitude towards others, wanting to punish them. Um, make them feel uncomfortable for what mm-hmm. they said. Superficial concern for others' approval. I mean, come on, whose approval do we really need? Who, 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 who do we serve? Not, not people, not human beings. God and so. their family. Yeah. Right. Um, defensiveness. That was the one I pointed out as my weakness. If somebody, you know, my, I, I got to get rid of the attitude that if we're in prison together, I got your cigarettes, right? I don't need to dominate if some, just because they're being aggressive towards me. That's an old uh, attitude. <laughs> I've never heard that. I don't, I've never heard it either. Okay. Uh, attention seeking. That's mine. Uh, neglect for the least among us. Mm. Yeah. Cause we're commanded to, um, I mean, God chose the, the lowly to shame the wise. They're very valuable people. Yeah. And That's Jesus true. told that great parable of the sheep and the goats. You can Google it, but yeah. he says, 
come to me, all of you who are uh, the sheep, because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked and in need of clothing, yes. you clothed me, you visited me in prison. And, and the sheep say, when did we do that? And he says, whatever you did to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it directly to me. Yeah, that's beautiful. Before you tell this story, um, I want to ask you something. I had the thought that the act of disobeying the commandments is an act of pride in itself. I would be taking my judgment over the judgment, commands, and wisdom of God and uh, putting mine as superior. So even the act of disobedience has some pride into it. Sure. I know better. Yeah. I'll show you. Well, it's interesting because there is a great account in the Old Testament from Second Chronicles chapter 26, like the part in your Bible where the pages stick together because you never look at it. <laughs> right. Second Chronicles 26, and it's 22 verses long. It tells the story of King Uzziah. He was 16 years old when his father died and he was made king. Are you ready? Yes. Here it goes. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in place of his father Amaziah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. It's a long time. Look at this next verse. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. So he starts out as this really good king. You know, doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord, the longer I live, the more that phrase means to me. And that's what Uzziah started out doing as a 16-year-old. Picking up in verse 5, Uzziah sought God. He was looking for God during the days of Zechariah, who was a prophet, who instructed him in the vision of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. When he went to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod, he then rebuilt towns near Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gurbael and against the Mayunites. The Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. So this is a whole nother people group, nation, bringing tribute to Uzziah. And his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very powerful. Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the angle of the wall. He fortified them. He also built towers in the desert, and he dug many cisterns because he had much livestock in the foothills and in the plain. He had people working his fields and vineyards in the hills and in the fertile lands, for he loved the soil. Verse 11, Uzziah had a well-trained army ready to go out by divisions according to their numbers. The total number of family leaders over the fighting men was 2,600. Under their command was an army of 307,500 men trained for war, a powerful force to support the king against his enemies. His fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. So this guy... He was seeking the Lord. He went to war. He broke down the walls of the enemies. The Ammonites are bringing tribute to him. He built towers in Jerusalem. He built towers in the desert. He dug cisterns for water. He had a well-trained army. His fame spread far and wide. He was greatly helped until he actually became very powerful. And it's pretty cool. God's grace enables us to overcome great obstacles. You know, we think we have a lot going on. Well, here's Uzziah. He's only 16. He's now king. He did what was right. 
He sought God. He's like a rocket ship. He's a boy wonder. He's got it all together. And this guy can't miss. Everything he touched turned to gold. This guy's not only become the Warren Buffett of his day, he's the General Patton of his day. Everything looks great. The future looks bright and nothing could be better. Not bad. And now for the rest of the story. The blessings of God are revocable. Let me say that again. The blessings of God are revocable. Verse six, after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord, his God. And he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Azariah, the priest with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord followed him into the temple. And they confronted him and they said, it's not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That's for the priests, the descendants of Aaron. God had this well-ordered system for the, the people who had been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary for you've been unfaithful and you will not be honored by the Lord God. Uzziah, who had a censer, which is like a burning brand in his hand, ready to burn incense, became angry. While Uzziah was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. When Azariah, the chief priest, and the other priests looked at him, they saw he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to lead because the Lord had afflicted him. Verse 21, King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house or some translations say he lived in a house where he was relieved of his responsibilities, leprous and excluded from the temple of the Lord. Jotham, his son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. He died an old man in a little house. And that's the story of King Uzziah. Some lessons, and I want to hear what your take is on some of these as psychologists. First lesson Success has ruined far more people than failure. Yes. Um, I've seen that around me even. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're not to conform to the patterns of the world, not because there's not a good reason for it. There's a really good reason for it. You pay a price for everything and where you store your treasures, that's where you'll find them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, store your treasures in heaven, not in the worldly things. I mean, look at all of the celebrities and rock stars and all that stuff. And, you know, they think they want that. It's very seductive. And then they get it and it kills them. And the rest of us want to watch them getting it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe God's smile has been on your life, but you've begun to take it for granted that you have this strength. You have this power. You have this blessing. You have these friends. You have this opportunity rather than all of these things being the latest expression of God's grace. I mean, this guy was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, Matt, just recently, like remember the Bible are patterns of reality. They show us how reality works, which means these things are just as relevant. Now I won't mention the names, but um, we saw some people that were very, very, very prideful in the, in the news media, very, very unkind to other people to his enemies and very um, boastful, prideful. What happened to them? They're gone. They're gone mm -hmm. now. They've been put to shame. And they had had a bunch of success. I mean, they were, you know, to get to that position. That's the point. Success can be really dangerous, can it? Pride can be very dangerous. Yeah. Success. I mean, we've seen successful people do wonderful things in the world. Right. You know? He was successful at one point. Yeah, hugely so. Until the pride came in. You think about it. If you've found success, maybe the answer is to, to cry out 
to God and let this be a wake-up call to give back to God, to seek God in the midst of your success. There's a reason for your success, and it's not just to pad your wallet or your house. Here's something uh, scripture says, James chapter four, verse six says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And like we said in the last episode, part one, being humble is not thinking less of yourself. Being humble is thinking of yourself less. God opposes the proud where we make it all about ourselves. And it's hard if you're in pain, if you're in emotional pain, relational pain, it's hard not to think about yourself. There's a line Tom Petty and a Tom Petty song says, there's no one as honest as those who are in pain. That's different uh, because pain and, you know, I got humbled through a giant failure. At that point, there was nothing left. I was in pain. And, um, you know, as a matter of fact, I was um, humble enough to cry out to God. So, uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and really mean it this time you know, to surrender to it and, you know, eventually go get some, some help. That's not the same thing. Something hurts. It hurts, but you can do that in humility because it takes a lot of humility to, to repent, to like really honestly look at yourself and just how bad it was. And they call it, you know, tears of repentance. You see that phrase a lot, yeah. you know, because yeah. when you really see it, it will humble you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You wept. Oh yeah. For, for months really. And then they, it turned into tears of joy eventually. That's you know, that was how I was cleaning out all that pain and mm-hmm. whatever, but it felt so it was, it was just a relief to, to have some of that arrogance gone so much of that arrogance gone because a, a burden was lifted, you know, to just say, you know, I, I know myself, I know my shortcomings, you know, I got to work more on accepting the, um, the good things about myself too, because I'm so afraid of going back to that. Mm-hmm. so afraid of going back so you know a compliment or something i'm like mm, that's anything i have i've learned from someone or god has given it to me but i don't want that kind of focus anymore because pride is a painful destructive force i think that you have really modeled that for me just personally in our oh, lives really? okay yeah and and it's it goes back to this thing when you look at this king uzziah he had everything he had so much success but it points out this reality, success has ruined far more people than mm-hmm. failure. And, and partly because on the flip side, I need to not be so afraid of failure. The guy who wrote the book on leadership, who was the CEO of Pixar, and he said, fail early and fail often. You'll learn 10 times faster than those who spend all their time faking success. And it goes to what you were saying. Pride's going to kill you. Pride will kill you. God's saying, if you think your success is in anything other than me, you're fighting the wrong battle. You're listening to the wrong people. Someday you don't want them to say, who's that old man in that little house? Because that's what they said about King Uzziah. All because we took credit and honor that belonged to God alone. So that's the first lesson. Success ruins far more people than failure. Think about that in parenting too. Number two. It's not how well you start, but how well you finish that counts. Uzziah had a rocket ship start. Some of us have had a terrible start in our lives. I messed up a marriage. I'm terrible at baseball. I messed up our finances. I messed up in raising my kids. There's things that come out of our lips that should never come out of our lips because God already knows it. And some of us started young in life and we were seeking God, chasing after the cross. And we ended up chasing after money or status or interests or another woman or whatever that thing might be. So here's what I want all of us to say 
God, by your grace, I want my last lap to be as strong as my first lap. God, by your grace, I want my last lap to be as strong as my first lap. Galatians 6, 9 says this, Paul's writing to the Christ followers in the region of Galatia. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Yeah, that's right. So it's not how well you start, but how well you finish that counts. Does that have any bearing in psychology? Oh, it has a lot. It's called resiliency. They study it under that, you know, to be resilient, be able to bounce back. Look, I've had that thought before because I saw I've seen it in my own life and others is that um, I, I never really fail. And unless the only way to fail is to quit. If, if I don't bail, I will not fail. Right. Because I've seen people stick with it. Like, you know, um, what's his name? Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting it. The most famous politician in Britain um, during World War II. Winston Churchill. Yeah, Winston Churchill lost every single election, you know, with ridicule, you know, and took him seriously. And then look at how he, he finished. But he didn't stop, you know, and that means seeking God, too. I mean, um, in your prayer life, you know, you, you have to persevere through this and then you'll win if you don't quit. Yeah. That's the second thing that you could pull out of this, which is not just story. It's the life of King Uzziah. First, success has ruined far more people than failure. Second, it's not how well you start, but how well you finish that counts. Third, never underestimate your capacity for self-deception. <laughs> yeah, right on. Never. Right on. It so happened to King Uzziah. He thought he, his success was because of who he was, not because of who God was. He thought it was his, his advisors, the cattle, his wits, not God's blessing, which is that revocable gift. Never underestimate your capacity to rationalize. Yes. And that can go positive or negative. So you can overinflate yourself or you can underappreciate yourself too. I've seen both. Uh, the way I think about it, like if you ask me, I don't know, you're a good psychologist. I mean, how is that for me to say, you know, I mean, that's for the other person to say, you know, anyway, so you can look for evidence for it, but I don't know, you know, are you good looking? <sighs> Depends on someone's taste. I suppose. I don't know. I mean, how do I know? Right. The idea of self-deception, I can't imagine. I, there's people every day that we see. And I've had people come up to me and say, I just got to tell you, I've got to get a different wife. I just got to get a different wife? Yeah. What? God's led me to this other woman. Or God wants my kids to do this soccer thing more than church. <laughs> I literally have had a woman tell me that. My kids love soccer. They're just so happy at soccer. That's why you don't ever see us. So God says, don't. Don't put me first. Um, soccer. Yeah. I don't, yeah. don't want to judge her. I mean, I don't know what the whole circle. God just wants me to be happy. Something's not right. And you have deceived yourself. And we talk about the enemy of God, you know, Satan, the devil, the deceiver. You've deceived yourself. The father of all lies is a name for Satan, has deceived you. It's not right. Somebody, and, and we call it rationalizing. It might be pornography. It might be continuous shopping. And you're rationalizing. It's okay. It's just the way I'm wired. Never <laughs> underestimate your capacity for self-deception. You'll end up a little old man or a little old woman in a little house like King Uzziah. How much self-deception do you have to work through with patience? It's always, we, we, we call them cognitive distortions and everyone has that. In other words, we think that we see reality and um, it feels like it's true. 
but it's far from the truth. And the distortions are what uh, cause the pain, right? Re reality, we can accept if we can see it, but it's hard to see because it's chaotic. You know, maybe you may feel some pain generally cause a distress. It's the distortions. So for instance, my wife left me. Okay, that's painful, mm -hmm. but my life is over is a distortion. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. How we interpret the bad things that happen to us, you're saying. Uh, yeah, or good things. We can, can completely way, deceive we, ourselves. Yeah, bad or good. Yeah, but the distort the truth sets us free. And if we get too far from the truth, we're gonna feel it. We're gonna suffer. Mm. You know, um, I got dumb or, or you know, I didn't get invited to this party. Okay, that's painful. Mm -hmm. Therefore, no one likes me is a distortion. We need to do an episode on this. Yeah, I failed. Okay, that's that's disappointing. That's 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 very disappointing. Um, um, therefore, I am a failure and will fail for the rest of my life in every single endeavor. That because that's what it feels like. That's a distortion. Wow. Yeah. We got to do an episode soon on that because okay. that's so powerful. Yeah. So here's the story of this guy who could do no wrong, king, success, building cisterns, improving the agriculture, improving the security of the people. And he ends up that old man in that little house with leprosy. How do I not end up this way? This is powerful. And I think this is where I would want to just shepherd somebody to consider. You are saved only by the cross of Christ, not by your works, not by your wishes, not by your achievements, not by doing nothing either. But Jesus comes along and says, I died for you. I died for your sin. I'm taking all of that so that you can stop playing games and just put your faith in me. And Uzziah was playing down the middle. You know, he had this commitment to God, but he kind of turned this commitment to God to himself. And arrogance came in. And he ended up an old man in a little house. So my question for us to consider to get close to wrapping up is this. What do we do with this? And we see it in the story of King Uzziah's life. First of all, don't kill the Nathans in your life. Mm -hmm. you remember who Nathan was in the... Yeah, King David's priest, is it? Yeah, his prophet. Yeah. Azariah was the priest in this case, and they confront God. Now, Nathan was the priest for David, and he was the one that said, David, you have done this. And David heard him. King Uzziah did not hear him, his priest. Some of us have no one. We have allowed ourselves to become so isolated Nathan was the guy who went to David and told him to repent. For King Uzziah, 80 prophets got together and said, you need to change. And Uzziah says, who are you to tell me? I'll do what I want to do. Boy, if that doesn't reflect half the stuff I read or listen to online, who are you to tell me? But there's a caveat there, too. Don't take advice from people you don't want to be like. Now, if you have a prophet or a priest, um, you can have confidence in them. But yeah, don't just um, if you, if something smells funny, it's probably not good. Mm -hmm. And maybe that person or the thing that smells funny is because you don't have anybody else that's really <laughs> yes. there for you yes. and willing to say hard truth. You need people who tell you the hard truth. You've confronted me on some times where I'm like, I am so stressed out. You know, and I'm, I'm like looking for sympathy and you come back at me with how much social media, how much news are you watching? Yeah, we do that for each other, but, um, yeah. but, but we trust each other too, because I see that you have something that, that I want or value, right? Uh -huh. 
It's completely mutual. And, you know, I love this from a Christian worldview. We say Jesus was full of grace and truth, not grace or truth. The problem is Uzziah surrounded himself with people to say what he wanted to hear. And this kind of scares me because I want to be around my friends. I want to be around people who make me feel good about myself. And that's arrogance, isn't it? I'm right. I want people to keep telling me I'm right and I'm good. Yeah. And, and so I'm just building into my own arrogance. That's easy for us to do, but it takes some humility to have somebody say, yep, you're, you're, you're wrong. And, and then thank them for the correction. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cause if you think of the attitude, if, if you can improve, improve me in some way and help to do that, why would I not thank you? Where's the defensiveness come in? You know, here's the second one that we need to remember. King Uzziah kind of forgot this. He had done so much good, but he forgot, first of all, to not have people who can speak hard truth into his life. And second, he forgot this. We are not indispensable. God wanted to work through his life, but he got to a point where God was going to leave him alone because he was taking all the credit himself Mm -hmm. because he was arrogant. And the truth is God wants to work through your life, but God doesn't need you the way that we think he does. Mm -hmm. Oh, if I don't do this, God's not going to be able to. No, God's going to do what God's going to do. And he wants to use you. He wants to work through you. He wants to empower you to do something that good. But he doesn't need you. If you're not available, he's going to find somebody who's open to what he wants to do. And here's something really interesting. Because you've heard the name King Uzziah, if you've heard any scripture or been around at all. Because we've been reading the story of King Uzziah from 2 Chronicles. But I want to shift to a book that we've heard more about, and that's Isaiah. And Isaiah chapter 6 is a pretty familiar chapter. And listen to how it starts. In the year King Uzziah died, I, Isaiah, saw the Lord high and exalted, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. So Uzziah died, an old man in a little house with leprosy. God had so much more for him. But because Uzziah chose arrogance, he chose to make it about himself. God said, I'm going to find someone to do what I want to see happen in the world. And that man's name was Isaiah. Because on the, in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah was there who said, here am I, send me. Parting shots. Well, I mean, what struck me about what you just said is like um, your will over mine. You said something earlier about um, God's grace, which is very important. But if you truly receive God's grace, you'll want to obey because you want to love god like god loves you and what is that first john um uh, for this is the love of god that you obey his commands and his commands aren't burdensome if, if you really feel that grace you'll want to conform away from the world and to god so we do have to obey because there is this sort of christianity that i've seen before which is like oh yeah you just say these this incantation and um you know and then you just go on and nothing ever changes you don't change your family doesn't improve you'll miss the best part yeah, that's not a disciple. Right. This is a way of life that's very different from what the world shows us that brings, not as a focus, but as a byproduct, it brings this much better life to you, mm-hmm. right? So good. Let's go ahead and pray. This is good stuff. Almighty God, there are 
there are those of us among my friends, among people who are part of this podcast and the fires go on cold, where they're half-hearted. Lord, I pray you would please stop that thing in my life and their lives that ends up a little old man in a little house. When you, Jesus, you say, I want you to come home to my house, not to your little house with no one around you. Jesus, you say, I want you to be the person I called you to be. Jesus, you say, I want you to receive the inheritance that I died for. Lord, someone uh, in this podcast, someone listening, the Spirit of God is stirring in them. And the road they're on may be taking them right now to be the man or the woman in the little house. When you are saying that we were destined by your sacrifice to be home with you. Lord, for some of us, it's time to come home to you. Lord, I believe you're calling a dad back to come back to his family. You're calling a half-hearted wife to come back. Lord, stand by us in the quietness of this moment. Lord, we know that you did not die, that we would be a little old man or a little old woman someday living in a little house all alone. But instead, you've said it's time to come home. Thank you, God, so much that we can die to our pride and live for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.